Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Herself tells the story of Sandra, a young mother who seeks to rebuild her life from scratch and provide a safe home for her two daughters. In order to do so, she must escape the grip of a possessive ex-partner, circumnavigate a broken housing system, and bring together a community of friends who can support her and lend a helping hand. The film is called Herself, and we're joined today by the executive producer, as well as the director, Felida Lloyd. Felida, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. It's really, I'm really happy to be here. As well. Thank you. It's an honor to have you. By the way, I want to mention to our our audience that uh, Villada Lloyd is responsible for uh, two amazing films, actually, The Iron Lady, starring Meryl Streep, as well as Mamma Mia. And I'm going to extend a little bit of what I took away from Mamma Mia into your love of catchy pop music, because we see a fair amount of that or hear a fair amount of that in in this film herself. So uh, I applaud your choices in, in, in music. So, But I just well, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. But I want to get into how this story came to you. Because it's a very, very good script, and the story itself is not only well done, but it's also relevant. There's a lot of relevancy in this in the film. How, how did it all come to you? Yeah, so um, Claire Dunn and I, and actually Harriet Walter, who plays Peggy, the woman who gives um, Sandra the land in the house, the three of us had been working together since 2012 in an all-female Shakespeare troupe, and we were working in prisons. That our, our productions were all set in women's prisons. It was a kind of way of going, you know, who has access to the so-called crown jewels of our culture? And what if we handed that access over to a bunch of women who you might look at and think, my God, you know, they are like the lowest of the low, um, the most voiceless women on the planet. So we'd met a lot of women at that time whose route into prison had come from childhoods of domestic violence and indeed some who'd actually struck out against an abusive partner and either killed them or battered them really badly and ended up in jail for that reason. So we met people, we knew their stories and we were really interested in it. And then Claire had a friend who suddenly became homeless. She was kicked out of some lodgings. She had three kids. She had nowhere to go. And Claire was just kind of like, she sat down and started Googling self-build Ireland cheap, as in the film. And then she started writing this script. And one day she showed it to me. And I was, I had had a very strange film career. I'd started off at this kind of $50 million budget. And then I'd gone down the Iron Lady. And I was genuinely looking for projects that were low budget, not just for the sake of it, but because I felt like this sort of social mission driven work that we were doing in the theater, maybe would sit more easily in that low budget world. And I could sort of align the missions a bit more. And so Claire showed me this script. And first of all, I was like, oh my God, she's a writer as well. I knew what a wonderful actress she was. And I was very taken by, you know, this is a subject that's been treated in movies before, but I thought, gosh, she's doing something else. She's talking 
with the movie, not just to those of us who like feel safe in our homes and might be better neighbors having watched this film, but actually she's talking to the women themselves and she's saying, it's, it's like a kind of message of hope. And it has to be said, the movie all takes place after she leaves her partner, um, not during. And so it's about then what happens. And it seemed to be so much about her being agent of her own destiny, not a victim, quite almost a heroic figure. It was so full of light and shade. There were very good jokes. I mean, Claire's a very funny person. In Ireland, tragedy and comedy sit very close to each other. You know, somebody dies and the next thing that happens is somebody is cracking a joke and playing the fiddle and we're all getting absolutely hammered. So it's it's kind of very, it has in that way quite an Irish tone. The fact that it doesn't just lie in this world of hopeless, bleak despair was, was very distinctive. As I was watching the film, thinking through sort of the issues in it and homelessness, housing, as you said, this housing crisis that Sandra is dealing with, it's everywhere. This is something, the, the sort of the universality of this, people who can't literally not afford to live in a four-wall shelter is yeah. everywhere now. And and so I'm, it's, right? Uh, abuse, family, trust, recovery, and love. Those are the things that sort of resonate for me in watching the film. It's about these relationships that Sandra is sort of working through, not only with Gary, her abusive partner, but there's a few. Peggy, the, the character played by Harriet Walker, is wonderful. I just love her character in this film. Talk a little bit about these relationships that Sandra is navigating. The one with Edo. I how am I saying that right? Edo. Those, mm-hmm. These are great. These are they're they're indicative of other things that are themes in the film, and I just love that. Yeah, I mean, I will pop in there that one of the things Claire wanted to do was write. Yes, there's a lot of love amongst women in this film, but also right. she wanted to write really kind guys. And so the community, there is this word mehel, this Irish word meaning when a community comes together to help a neighbor it might be put a new roof on their barn or something. And it's a very big, deep, ancient Irish tradition. And so this deals with that. And that metal is composed of, you know, men, women, a very diverse community, which reflects the Dublin of today. And it is about kindness. And, And some people might say, you know, as in fact, the builder, Edo, says to her, nobody does anything for nothing, not in this country. You know, we all help each other. Sometimes we help because we need to help ourselves, you know, that the helping is helping us feel, you know, more, 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 have that we've got more value in the world. So we're not saying this is a fairy tale. She does make her own luck. Um, And then the community comes, is drawn to her through her energy. And yeah, I think these two themes of sort of isolation and community over since we made the film, it is incredible how the subject of am I a good neighbor? Are you a good neighbor? Could I be a better neighbor? Or can I reach out to my neighbor because I'm in trouble? These are things that have, you know, really been writ large in, in these last months. Well, and it's about human capital, right? That's really what this is about. It, it isn't about the money that she doesn't have much money, but she she 
cultivates this kind of human capital with all the people that she's working with and the deficits of the that human capital with Gary and some of the other people in her lives. Yeah. And and so that's for me again, yeah, absolutely. Um and also I the metaphor of building your own home in the midst of all of this is just a it's wonderful. I just think it's such a great metaphor for for what you were doing here. Yeah, I mean the the house that's at the center of it which is a real house that the architect who is in the story or the architect is based on built for himself for at that time, 25,000, it would be dollars, euros. It's both metaphorical and real. You know, it's part of the poetic heart of, of the story. And I'm not gonna give away how it unfolds, but um, seeing it grow on the location layer by layer, you know, the frame followed by the first part of the insulation, it changing color. This was like almost magic happening in front of our eyes and very, yeah, it was something that was almost like we were creating a sort of spiritual um, center, like a little church that this community was all connected to. It was, it was, it was quite um, mystical in a way. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Philida Lloyd, the uh, producer, executive producer and director of this uh, wonderful, terrific film herself. And um, the production of this, uh, I'm reading a little bit about the, the how the film was put together. Uh, the, again, another example of collaboration and how all of that worked. And you shot it very quickly, I think five weeks. So this was about 20, 25 shooting days for, for the film. Yes. I mean, I... The budget for it was originally larger than this, and I brought it down to have the freedom to cast who I wanted to cast. Yeah. Um, and forgive me if I've mentioned this, but did I say that Claire originally wasn't going to play the lead in it? No, no. Annette, thank you for bringing that up. That's yes, yeah, she wrote it, but did not intend to be the lead. I mean, it wasn't that she didn't want to play the lead, but she felt like the best she could hope was to get the film made. And okay. she was going to play a sister character that she'd written. And she was sending the scripts to other Irish leading actresses going, you know, any thoughts about being in this? After she'd shown it to me sometime after that, and I at the beginning thought, I wonder if this should be directed by an Irish director who knows the landscape, etc. And then I just heard someone say, who just read the script, my God, Claire has written a role for a great, a major leading movie star. And I was like, yeah, herself, <laughs> not, not somebody who bus in from probably you know where, more where you are than where I am. Not that, no, this is, she's gonna play this goddamn role. And I thought then, you know, I thought, forget my scruples about whether I understand Dublin or not. I will get to understand it. She will help me. She is going to play the lead and I'm going to insist she does. And then, you know, we met Sharon Horgan, wonderful producer and Ed Guiney, who'd made The Room and a number of amazing women actually who ran BBC films. And, and they were like, yeah, 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 just get on with it. You know, Claire plays the lead. That's fine. And, and I brought the budget down to said I did have that casting freedom. Um, yeah, and I know yeah. we had to work fast. I don't regret it. Again, the word collaborative just keeps coming back in terms of how this came together, the the cooperation of the the cast and crew in, in making this. And let's 
uh, let's not forget, is it Dominic Stevens, uh, who actually, in many ways, really provided a blueprint in more ways than one for the film as well. So, so Dominic designed the house. Yeah. And, um, and built it for himself at least twice. And I mean, built, you know, versions of it. And then it, it got built in various parts of the yeah. world as well. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a beautiful kind of um, collaboration with him. It's a, just a beautiful film. The acting is terrific. It's one of those films that you you get pulled into these relationships. And Claire Dunn is remarkable in this role and, and as Sandra. And uh, my congratulations to you as a filmmaker and also as just uh, providing us with a wonderful story as well. So Thank you, Mike. Thank you. We've been talking with the director and executive producer of the film herself, and that would be Phila Deloitte. Thank you and hope you'll come back again sometime another conversation thank you Thanks very much bye right. you've been listening to film school radio the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films you can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com i'm your host mike caspar thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week with another edition of film school radio Thank you.